Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for tuning in to the pod. We've got a great guest tonight, someone who really knows business in the state of Michigan. Andy Velaskovich is an awesome writer for MI Biz. That's Michigan Biz. If you really want to get a take on what's going on from a journalistic perspective in Michigan business-wise, make sure you follow them. Andy, how are you? I'm doing well, Tony. How are you? I'm doing well. And for folks who aren't familiar with my biz, talk a little bit about the publication. Sure. So we are a locally owned and operated bi-weekly print publication that we put out here. We're based in Grand Rapids, but we're also digital as well and publishing new stories daily. But let's see, we've been around for about 40 years or so, but roughly 10 or 12 under the current publisher, Brian Edwards. But, you know, we cover a variety of industries here in West Michigan, you know, from the Lakeshore, Kalamazoo area up to Manistee area. And, you know, we run the gamut from healthcare, manufacturing, real estate, finance, anything that really, you know, affects the business audience, you know, we're covering it. Andy, talk a little bit about your background. Sure. Well, I kind of cut my teeth over in your neck of the woods in Lansing with the City Pulse there. I'm a mm-hmm. graduate of Michigan State's journalism program, May Not a School. I went and worked for Earl Schwartz, who I know you're familiar with, and learned a lot about the industry as a young reporter there. It's been about four years or so at City Pulse as managing editor there as well. And uh, then I took some time to really kind of freelance full time and really dug into covering the energy industry and the utility industry and did that through a fellowship through a publication called Energy News Network and covered energy policy statewide here in Michigan. I was based out of Grand Rapids during that time. And also during that time when I kind of hooked up with MI Biz and started writing for them on a kind of contractual basis. So I've been doing that for probably six or seven years now writing for MI Biz. And then I think it was about the week of the pandemic started. I took a full-time job at MI Biz as managing editor, so mm-hmm. been here since then. I think many of us started writing for uh, Burrow Schwartz as well as the sure. Lansing State Journal. I'm one of those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before we dive into business, I want to talk to you a little bit about the utility business. I find it fascinating from the aspect of no matter what business you're in in the utilities, energy is a good thing to be in because even if it's the fossil fuels, or you know where we're reaching out now with sustainable energy, it's pretty interesting and it seems like a good business to be in. It's like being a physician, there's always going to be work for you. <laughs> exactly. You know, everyone gets an electricity bill, right? Whether at your house or at your business. And yeah, just a, you know, an incredible time to be following that industry, you know, over the past 10 years or so. Just the amount of changes that's gone on, just fundamental changes and how utilities operate and just their kind of future outlooks has just undergone a dramatic shift over the past decade. So, you know, never a dull moment if you're into that sort of thing. It seems like at the forefront of Michigan is the pipelines, especially the ones around the Mackinac Bridge and around the Great Lakes. What's your take on that battle that's ongoing? Yeah, ongoing (laughs) being the operative word there. You know, I think it was about a decade ago now where some environmental groups had, you know, sort of put out a report. It wasn't too long after that pipeline spilled down in Kalamazoo, put out a report saying, hey, there's this pipeline that in the Straits of Mackinac, and it's just kind of sitting there at the lake bed. So, you know, we might want to kind of keep an eye on this. 
And so, you know, over the past decade or so, it's just been a really entrenched battle, you know, over what to do with the future of that thing. And then while Governor Snyder was still in office, you know, right before he left, actually, was the plan to potentially build a tunnel for it beneath the lake bed. So, you know, quite an engineering feat that would be. But certainly, you know, you still have, you know, sites who don't want to see that happening at all and those that do. And the battle in regards to energy here in our state and around the country is interesting to follow. And you hate to get political, but it looks like liberals and Democrats are in favor going green as fast as we can, no matter the ramifications. Whereas you look at the Republicans and conservatives, they say that we're going too fast and, whoa, we need to slow Mm -hmm. down. What's your take on that battle? I think that's a pretty simplified, maybe generalized, you know, view of what's going on. I think when you get down to it, though, you know, there's a lot more nuance to this issue. And, you know, the political lines start to get really blurred when you get into, you know, okay, so we're going to build out a lot of renewable energy. The utilities are already planning to do this. Now it's sort of, you know, how exactly is this going to happen? Who's going to own it? What freedom are, you know, ratepayers, our customers going to have in being able to generate their own electricity? So, you know, I think as you get into it a little more, and, you know, there are conservative clean energy groups here in Michigan and other states that are really advocating for the build out of renewable energy. So, you know, it's getting to a point now where utilities are making this transition, whether some people like it or not. So... Yeah, and you know what's interesting about this, Andy, and I tell you what, we'll talk a little bit more about this when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Tony Connolly. We're talking with Andy, and we'll get back to Andy and energy here on the Michigan Business Network on Media Business. for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Andy Velaskovitz, who is with the managing editor for my biz m-i-b-i-c make sure you check that out if you want to know what's going on business-wise throughout the state of michigan and before we let this energy thing go andy i think it's real interesting to talk about you know we think just about having power for whatever we want to do but i really started to understand how much power there is on possessing and creating energy as we see what's going on around the world especially with russia and ukraine and how europe's being affected by that it almost seems like energy is more valuable than money (laughs) it certainly has taken a center stage hasn't it and you know particularly on the oil and gas side and that's where you really start to see, you know, those very stark political differences that you mentioned in the last segment, you know, sort of battle lines getting drawn about, you know, how much are we producing? How much oil and gas are we extracting here in the United States versus how much we're importing? Things like that. I think that falls, you know, definitely along those political lines. 
So that's one side of it. You know, another side of it is sort of the home heating and, you know, issues we see around the grid and infrastructure. And, you know, when we get summer storms and the power going out, that's a whole another side of the equation that's also driving up the cost of energy and utilities need and plans to really boost that infrastructure spending and build out their grid it is no cheap endeavor. So. Andy, how do you think we in the media here in the state of Michigan cover energy in Michigan? Well, you know, Michigan or elsewhere, it's just a really complicated, complex topic. You know, I found this out back in 2016, if you remember, if you were following it at all, that's when the legislature and the state really went through this last big rewrite of its energy laws. And people who work on this say, you know, this happens every eight years or so. Before that, 2008 was when we set our first renewable energy standard. 2016, under the Snyder administration, we saw another rewrite. And, you know, as I was working to cover that, it was just, I got to see sort of firsthand how if you're not following this stuff every day, it really can be a complex topic to follow. And then you start getting into issues around, okay, where's the lobbying happening? Who's getting their message out the most? And, you know, it became very apparent that, you know, whoever had that power, you know, it's intended to be able to, you know, run the conversation a little bit. You know, it's difficult if you're a reporter, right? And you don't know the complexities of an issue and be able to recognize when maybe one side is being a little more disingenuous on the other. So, you know, overall, I would say I wouldn't be critical of news organizations and how they cover energy just because a lot of them don't have the resources to focus on this one topic. So it's complex. And, uh, you know, it's always great to see the news outlets putting a focus on these issues because I think they're really important. I think they affect everyone in the state. Anyone, I see the challenges that the world has with getting enough battery power, with creating chips for everything that we need, always in the back of my mind, especially with all the engineering schools we have here in the state, I think, why don't we do more to build that stuff here in our state? And you wrote an interesting piece in regards to Michigan, you know, kind of going for it when it comes to battery manufacturing. Talk a little bit about that story. Last week or two weeks ago, the state board, the Michigan Strategic Fund Board, really kind of laid out the red carpet to a couple of these big manufacturing projects. And it's not the first ones they have, they've done this with. But if you go back to late last year, I think it was when Ford announced that they were doing this $11 billion project down in Kentucky and Tennessee to build electric vehicles and battery manufacturing, you know, they kind of made it known that Michigan wasn't really an option for that. We didn't have the land to do it. But, you know, it seemed to have caught lawmakers really kind of flat-footed. And so they really mobilized really quickly to pass this new economic development fund and set aside a billion dollars of incentives to help lure these companies to Michigan. And, you know, at this point, it's kind of remarkable if you just sort of take a step back and look at how this got done with a Republican-controlled legislature. Republicans led this kind of led this effort or at least worked with Democrats and came together on this. And, you know, I look at this issue as, you know, really interesting because they're doing something, right? We're seeing lawmakers on different sides of the aisle, you know, put some effort in here, right? And, you know, so this issue is, as you get into it, it gets down into, you know, these sort of age-old debates about economic development incentives and how much we should be giving public money to companies to come here. But, you know, it's at least interesting to see both sides working on it. What I found interesting about this story is that 
Goshen's Incorporated will have a battery manufacturing plant in Macosta County up mm-hmm. by Big Rapids where Ferris is. And then our next Inc., their battery manufacturing plant will be in Wayne County. So different areas of the state going to have these opportunities, do these good things and great paying jobs. And it seems like that's a good thing. And hopefully we'll see more of that around the state. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. You know, and we've sort of heard anecdotally too, and, you know, can't leave out there's Project in Lansing too that GM's doing with its sort of development partner. You know, we're also hearing anecdotally too that this is kind of the tip of the iceberg. You know, billion dollar project here, two billion dollar project there. You know, I think there could be quite a bit more coming down the pipeline that the state's trying to trying to lure Andy, here. Andy, any word on chip building facilities? I know that's a very intricate business to get into. It takes a lot of capital. I had heard that there was some talk of that, especially with all the automotive work we have here in the state. Yeah, it sounds like Michigan really has a chance to get in on the supply chain side of that. So farther down the line, maybe not so much of these, you know, mega projects we're seeing. I think Intel's got that big one down in Ohio in the Columbus area, I think. Just an astounding number investment and jobs associated with that. But, you know, here in Michigan, I think we're a little more geared toward maybe the lower rungs and some of the supplier side of that industry. So, you know, I think that's where Michigan has an opportunity here on the chip side of things. And you think battery-wise, there's going to be a lot more opportunity in the next few years for other companies? Yeah, I think that's certainly possible. And certainly, you know, state economic development officials have, you know, admitted as much that, you know, there's tens of billions of dollars worth of projects in the pipeline that they're trying to get right now. We're talking with Andy Belaskovitz, who is the managing editor who covers energy policy and economic development for MIBiz. That's M-I-B-I-Z. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about economic development here in our state, especially in his neck on the woods over in Grand Rapids. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Has your workplace stopped working? DBI provides furniture solutions and workplace essentials that make business work better. From toner and paper to space planning and movable walls, DBI creates workspaces that really work. DBI, we do office. Everything for the office. One call, one source, one solution. Visit DBI online at dbis.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business. We're talking with Andy Belaskovitz. And Andy, economic development so coming out of COVID. How's Michigan doing? By most measures I've heard is things are booming for the economic development community. I was just talking today with a couple of organizations over in Muskegon and in Grand Rapids area, and they've never been busier, they're saying. And what they're doing right now is trying to compile, you know, as much sort of industrial vacant land as they can so they don't sort of get flat footed or they have, you know, something to pitch to companies when they're considering coming here. So, you know, this is on the sort of industrial advanced manufacturing type industries. And so, you know, I know it's certainly active here in West Michigan. I'm sure it is uh, across the rest of the lower peninsula as well. 
West Michigan is fascinating with the growth in that part of the state, especially the Grand Rapids area. I know Meyer and Amway were big features in that. To get it started, really a commitment from Michigan State, from Grand Valley and other entities to get the healthcare field going. As I see industry growing over there, the school systems over there are amazing for academics and sports. That town is really seeing some incredible growth. Yeah, it sure has. You know, I think I've lived in Grand Rapids about eight years now. And, uh, you know, just steady growth, projects on top of projects, it seems like. And most recently, kind of seems to have been a shift towards, you know, sort of the tech industries. Life sciences has always been, you know, sort of a big deal, particularly in Southwest Michigan, Kalamazoo area, but up here as well. So, you know, think about like, medical devices and making, you know, things in the healthcare sector. Of course, there's Pfizer down in Kalamazoo, right, who brought some global attention with making the COVID-19 vaccine. So yeah, you know, a lot of growth happening and, you know, a lot of focus on that here in this area. Grand Rapids reminds me somewhat of Columbus, Ohio and Indianapolis, Indiana, which were I wouldn't say sleepy communities, but they were nothing like they are now. And I think both those communities found huge economic growth when they got major league teams, Indianapolis, the Colts, Columbus, the Blue Jackets. You already had, you know, heavy influence from state capitals, from universities. And I have heard word on the street that Grand Rapids is trying to get a major league franchise there. Oh, is that right? That is right. There's <laughs> going to be some growth in the NBA. There's going to be two openings in the next couple of years. I know that there's been some talk about trying to get a major league team in there. So I only bring that up because it's talk right now, but it's growth like that that really helps communities. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, you know, kind of interesting too around sort of the sports side of thing. And I'm sure you've heard about this amphitheater project they want to build here. Most recently, there's talk about a soccer stadium where they would bring, I don't think it was an MLS team they're looking to get, but some, you know, professional. A league under, yeah, tier under, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so what's interesting is the development group, sort of the private, you know, fundraisers on the side of that are the same group of people who brought the Van Andel Arena to town, the DeVos Place, the Civic Theater, some of these, you know, in the late 90s, these projects that really got Grand Rapids on the trajectory that we're seeing now and the reason, you know, we've experienced that growth here. So yeah, exactly to your point, Van Andel Arena, those types of projects served as catalyst for a lot more development to go on here. And so now, you know, you have the same group of people from 20 years ago that are kind of organizing again around some of those same types of projects. Andy, you recently had a question and answer with West Michigan's first Black-founded, Black-led community foundation. Jeez, I would have thought that we would have had more Black-funded, Black-led community foundations. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the Acme Foundation, really a fascinating group. And Sarah Adkins, who's leading that, she just won an award here through the Grand Rapids Chamber for some of those efforts. But, you know, according to her and their organization's research, at least in West Michigan, there's never been a Black-founded or a Black-led community foundation. And I think that sort of speaks to, you know, a lot of the underlying issues over here, right? Certainly historically white conservative community. And there certainly is a movement. I think what the Acme Foundation is doing represents a lot of activity going on here in Grand Rapids that doesn't really get a lot of attention. And that's around, you know, equity and economic development. 
Mm. And so, yeah, you know, their mission is, you know, to sort of combat this narrative that minority communities are just here to receive grant funding from typical community foundations. And they want to sort of take a little control of that and control some of the purse strings. It led me back to some interviews I read about Irvin Magic Johnson, who, when talking about wealth and when talking about poor communities or minority communities that really didn't have much wealth, You have to have your own businesses. You have to have your own foundations. They have to be based in the communities, and that builds the communities up at a ground level. Do you agree Mm -hmm. with that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's this idea of intergenerational wealth. And, you know, how do you get started on that? And certainly, you know, that I would think that has to be led by members of the community and not some outside, you know, sort of forces. We've been talking with Andy Belaskovitz. Andy, we appreciate your time so much. Again, I cannot stress enough for folks. You want to know what's going on business-wise in our state, on the west side of the state, make sure you go to M-I-B-I-Z and you'll be able to follow what's going on. Andy, I appreciate you. We'll look forward to chatting with you after the elections. It's going to be a fascinating time. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Hey, thanks, Tony. It's great catching up. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business. We'll see you next time on the Michigan Business Network.